What's up, team? This is Transform the Game Podcast. I'm your host, Richard Hempel Jr., and I am ready to get into another episode. Listen, y'all know how we do. Our areas of focus deals with relationships that we have as pastors and ministers. Most importantly, I like to address the areas of ethics, meaning our ethical code. I believe that if we develop the right code in life, how we manage those relationships in ministry, they will improve today. I am excited because I have a brother and a friend who will help us address our relationships with destiny. It is, he, he don't know that I call him this, but he is Mr. Destiny <laughs> himself. This is uh, Pastor Mark out of Tennessee, man. How you doing, brother? I'm great, how are you, man? Doing good, doing good, man. It is a pleasure um, to have you here, man. I, will, I was nervous about asking you because I know your itinerary is <laughs> for the year, man. So I'm honored, man, that you're taking this time out to, to hang out with a brother, man. So let me tell y'all a quick story real quick. I met uh, Pastor Martin and his wife a couple years ago at the Josiah Experience in Atlanta. Yes. And at the time, uh, Pastor Martin, he just seemed real laid back, real cool. His wife would seem like the extrovert, man, but then you get on, on Facebook and, and social media and, and you realize that this brother got a ministry. <laughs> that, that, that he's not as, as quiet and as shy as he seemed um, and laid back, man. So I, I've, I've been watching his ministry for a couple of years, man. I'm amazed at, at what he's been doing. I, I'll get into the part of his ministry that, that, um, that inspires me a little bit later on in the interview, man. But Pastor Mark, do do us a little, uh, do us a service, man, and tell us a little bit about yourself, man. Um, the church you serve at, um, where you're from, anything about your family, bro? All right, uh, I'm Pastor Mark. My name is Martavis Williams. I am from the West Tennessee area, originally uh, from Brownsville, Tennessee. I reside in Jackson. Grew up here, pretty much a big part of my life. Uh, I am. 31, uh, and, and I am happily married to my wife, Shanika, uh, known as She Rich Will on social media. Yes, very much so. People call her that. People see her that and call her that most times. Yeah. Um, we've been married as a five years in July. Um, we both, we attend Destiny Church of Jackson, mm-hmm. where I lead pastors, our pastor, Danny and Rhonda Pettigrew. Awesome, awesome, amazing people. Yeah. Uh, we don't have any kids just yet. Right. Um, we're actually probably ready now if the Lord is willing. Yeah. Um, so we're going to let him do his thing on that. But uh, we both work in education. Uh, and we both just love God and we love ministry. Okay. Awesome, awesome, man. Like like I said, man, I, I love their, their, um, their marriage. I mean, when I saw them, well, when I saw one, I expected to see the other. You know, some couples, <laughs> you, you don't know how things blend, man, but you can tell that that Pastor Martin and his wife, they love each other, man. We, we, we were at the table and his wife, you know, she she's a woman of many gifts and she broke out into a song. Yeah. And I said, this brother has to be a powerful man because he, he has somebody on his side, man, who I know serves well, man, who I know loves you, man. And like I said, so so let's get into this because your ministry, it intrigues me um, that you have this certain focus. You seem like a very focused young man a couple years ago. You came out with this book, right? Wow. Um, and the first book is Straight into Destiny, The Pursuit, right? Correct. That's right. All right. So, so brother, do, do, us, um, do us a solid, bro. Tell us a little bit about the book and an overview. Um, tell us where did, where did that come from? 
Oh man, it came from my life. Oh, there's there's so much I'll try to keep it brief today. Oh, but just my life and in this example of how the things that we deem to be hard or unnecessary, or the things we say, God could couldn't you have left that part out of my life are the things that helps us get to that place that we call destiny. Mm-hmm. Um and destiny really isn't a destination, it's an ongoing process. Um and so in the book I kind of compare it to like a racing game where your time is about to run out, mm-hmm. but you hit a checkpoint and you get more time. And so destiny is more like you hit checkpoints in your life mm-hmm. and you just kind of, you really never stop going. You just kind of get to certain places and you just keep pursuing. That's why I call it pursue because it's about, it's, it's about just pursuing and going after that thing. And, 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 and the thing, and the, and the name came from, uh, as I said, me and my wife have been married five years and five years ago uh, to this, almost to this date, uh, just after a month of being married, we lost my father-in-law mm-hmm. um, and then to a heart attack. And then a few weeks later, my first cousin was murdered. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had just accepted the position as youth pastors mm-hmm. at Destiny Church. Wow. Um, and I'm like, okay, God, I'm thinking that here my destiny is really about to kick in. Mm-hmm. And I'm hit with two of the hardest hits of my life, mm-hmm. back to back. Uh, and there's just a reminder that those things that we think is hard are the things that push us into our destiny. Ooh, yeah. And and so my wife and I were talking, we were like, if we were to do this, um, what would be our first campaign? Mm-hmm. And this is around the time where the straight out of Compton thing was coming in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was like, and everybody was doing the straight, you know, straight out of this, straight out of scene. And I said, everybody's coming out of something, mm-hmm. but nobody's really going into anything. <laughs> And she said, you know what? We're going straight into destiny. Into destiny. And yeah. so um, that was our first campaign. We, uh, we did a, 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 a thing called Unity Together Weekend that was straight into destiny. And we ended up doing our conference that next year, which uh, Pastor Mike McClure Jr., PMJ, came and spoke at the next year. Um, and it kind of became our thing. And then I started writing my book. And I was like, well, am I going to name it? And it just hit me straight into destiny. So it's just been a, a thing where it's just, it's just ongoing. Yeah. Yeah, man. You, you seem to really have taken, um, you seem to really embody that. You know, I, I see a lot of pastors and ministers who have, you know, slogans or, you know, they have their themes for the year. Um, but it seems that you found a theme for your whole life that anytime you speak, I say, man, that's a man of destiny. That If I see you, if I see you preaching, if I see you posting anything, I'm I'm expecting to see destiny being a part of your message, man. So that is something that I honor that you've been so consistent with that message for for so many years. First the book, man, and then, um, like I said, just that constant presence on social media, man. That y'all really living that thing out. So that's something that I admire. Let's let's go back to the checkpoint thing because you said that um, your father-in-law passed, right? Mm-hmm. And then your cousin was murdered. So Mm. how did you, did you want to give up facing those type of things? How did you find the strength to keep going knowing, knowing that you just lost, I mean, what was your relationship with your father-in-law? Was it a good relationship? And how did, how did that impact this whole thing? Man, my father-in-law was the best Mm father-in-law. He was literally only my father-in-law for officially. Mm-hmm. For uh, for a month, like a little over a month, uh, before he passed away. But when my wife and I first started dating, he was ecstatic. 
Um, yeah. He had a saying that said, we got us a new rev, because my brother-in-law was a preacher too. Mm-hmm. And he said, we got us a new rev. And there was always this thing. And when I asked for my wife's hand in marriage, I called her dad and I called her mom. They weren't together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I um, called him. He said, it would be an honor to have you as a son. Man. Um, and I was like, man, this dude, you know, has given me any kind of grief. If he couldn't get in touch with my wife, he was calling me. And my he was literally my he was literally my wife's best friend. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was really hard for her. And being a new husband, it was hard to maneuver through the feelings and emotions she was dealing with. Yeah. So I did want to give up. I felt like a failure most days. Mm-hmm. She was having her breakdowns, and I didn't know how to console her because I'm like, I can't replace this man. Like this man was a big part of her life, and you know, and he's been there every step. I'm just coming into this. Um, and so it's just been, it was the, the whole, the whole, like, God, you got to help me with this. And I'll admit, I had some hard days. Um, and it was some days where I felt like I wanted to give up. And uh, so going into even the timeline, I mean, the checkpoint thing, the timeline of this was the week of his funeral, we were offered a senior pastor position. Mm-hmm. And we uh, had talks of being being a, a youth pastor at Destiny Church. Mm-hmm. Without much consideration, we knew there was a shift coming in our lives anyway, and we knew that the youth pastor at Destiny Church was going to be the thing to do. Mm-hmm. We accepted that two days after burying him, um, and so we were preparing to transition. I'll say back into Destiny Church because I had already been a part mm-hmm. of Destiny Church before. We can talk, talk about that a little bit later, yeah. uh, but I know well a part of it and so the, the the our first sunday back um i had this overwhelming feeling like i wanted to give up mm-hmm. and they did an altar appeal that day and they said if you're suicidal i need you to come down leader or not i need you to come down and at that moment my heart was pricked because i had been hiding behind the fact that because when you deal with suicide, people think it just goes away. And especially in leadership, people think, you know, you got enough, enough God in you to just let it go away. And it doesn't. And so when tough things come back up in your life, those feelings, you know, those thoughts kind of come back. And I was strong enough to say, you know what, that's me. Not knowing that that moment, I needed that moment because a few hours later, I would get an- another devastating phone call. And even though that one was hard, because of that altar appeal, I had enough strength to keep going, even when it felt like yeah. I wanted to give up, you know. Man, and I and I think about this, brother, because listen, listen to you to you talk about it. A lot of times we don't associate destiny with with things that we may lose along the way, or or those mm-hmm. checkpoints that you talk about. Most of the times when we say that we want to uh, pursue our destiny, or or pray for God's destiny, or or we use that type of language. We never associate loss or losing someone that's close to us. We, we never associate losing a job, losing a loved one. So the fact that you had those checkpoints straight into destiny is unique. And, and I believe that it is a message that, that people need to hear. It's a testimony that people need to hear. Even if they don't read your book, they need to know that, man, he's straight into destiny. And the way he got there was through loss. You know, it, right. that, that, that it, So that's a message in itself. That's a message for for leaders, that's a message, message um, for the Christian body that right. we have to be careful sometimes when we pray for destiny because destiny may 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 lead you down a path where you may have to lose some things, man. So so that's that's yeah. what's up, bro. 
And that's what's up, man. Um, so I, I you know, I, I've done a little bit of research about you. I see that you also, like I said, you embody this this destiny. So you have this destiny is calling. We've got to call. Well, we've got to answer. Let's answer this, or, or let's put this out there. Um, how would you define destiny? I, I hear it tossed around a lot in, in church. But how would Mr. Destiny himself? How how would you define? How would you define destiny? It's that thing or those things that you've been called to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and there may be multiple. It may, um, I won't say it really changes, but it may transform over the years. It may uh, take on a different persona um, mm-hmm. throughout the years and things like that. But overall, it's that thing that you've been called to do, those people that you've been called to minister to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and even, even the place, um, we think about, even if we, even if we take it biblical for, for a moment, People can say that the destiny of Christ was the cross, you know, um, that, right. that was that was your destiny on earth, you know, but he also has a, a destiny even beyond that. And um, I, I like that thing that you're called to do that even um, with Jesus performing miracles, even right. with Jesus healing the sick, even with Jesus causing blind men to see, even with Jesus doing all feeding 5,000, his destiny, and he was so clear on it regardless of what I do on earth, my destiny, I know where it ends, you know, mm-hmm. it's on the cross. Um, and then even people, sometimes people have problems with, with the destiny. I know that Peter had a problem with Jesus' destiny. Well, God forbid you, you can't die on the cross. So even uh-huh. when we tell our destinies or we feel like God has given us something um, and we start telling to people around us, we have to understand that sometimes people may not agree with the destiny that God has for you, you know? Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. they, they may have a problem <laughs> with the fact that you lose something or the fact that you're willing to lose something. Because I'm hearing your story and some people who are connected to you, they may say, well, how can you still serve God after you've lost your, lost your father-in-law? How, how can you still serve a God who would, who would allow your cousin to be killed, you know, in that time? Right. And what would, what would make you keep going? So um, for those people who have, I guess, struggles with destiny, or, or that term destiny, uh, why do you think people have a hard time answering the call to destiny, to destiny? It's just what you said. It's the, it's the, to answer destiny, you have to be selfless. You, it's, it's literally no more I, but you know, God, it's like, it's like the reason that Jesus was able to accept the reason why he was, his, his final destiny was because he understood the reason why heaven allowed him to come down Mm -hmm. and we have to understand and be able to accept the reason why heaven released us why did god put you here but there's a reason why when you understand it when you grasp that it may not feel good Mm -hmm. it may not always it's not always going to look good but at the end of the day you got to know that god is still sovereign even when i don't like the choices that he makes for me yeah and it's like with anything with marriage relationships, people are not always going to be what you want them to be to you. Mm-hmm. But you, if you love them and you're committed to the lifelong relationship with them, you're going to do whatever it takes to keep when you have the end, the end goal in mind. Yeah. You just you just know that you got to stick it out and that God is still God no matter what happens. And that it's not that he, you know, even when we say that he allows it, it God, God is so strategic. He uses everything. Yeah. For a reason, like there's nothing that you would ever face in your life that you won't later be like, 
you know what? <laughs> that's why God allowed that to happen. Yeah. I see why now. And and that's been the, the sum total of my life was, was when I got into ministry and I started telling my story and people come to me and say, man, uh, I was dealing with this exact same thing. And for so long, I felt like I was by myself in it. But then I realized he allowed me to go through it because somebody was going to need that bold Mr. Destiny to come and mm -hmm. talk about his past in a bold way to the point that I can relate and say, you know what? God can use me too. Yeah. And, and God can use that. You know, God, God can yeah. use that as a checkpoint. And, I, and, you know, you're making me want to purchase a book right now because, <laughs> <laughs> because bro, that, that is so true that if we start looking at the fact that God uses everything, you know, that God, that God doesn't um, throw anything out that he's able to use the good, he's able to use the bad, he's able to, right. use, to use the lost. And if you look at it as checkpoints in my life, I'm able to say, you know what? Like you said, bro, three years ago, I did not understand it then, but moving on from that point, I understand that was a checkpoint into who God wanted mm -hmm. to be. What if, what if we were, not a, what if we refused, but I would like to think about this, um, that there is no way that you can finish a race unless you go through certain checkpoints. You know, mm -hmm. some people, they want to pull over and, and do a pit stop for two, three, four years, you know, because that last checkpoint, it didn't feel good. But but what I hear you saying, bro, is we have to we have to keep going. You know, we have we have to keep going. We have to keep pushing. You know, yes, it hurt. Yes, it didn't feel good. But keep going. Keep going into destiny. Yeah. 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 Um, so so let's get into this, man. I, I'm really enjoying enjoying this conversation, bro. I've always wanted to know your thoughts behind it. Um, how how did you come up with? Uh, I see that you do this thing. Mark says, right? Um, yeah. <laughs> morning motivations. What time were you doing those at one point? Was it like five o'clock in the morning, brother? Oh. It was like five or six. It was like oh. five or six o'clock in the morning, <laughs> brother. I used to look at those things and say, I don't know how he is getting up every. It was, <laughs> it's all God. <laughs> it is God. You can't tell me. Listen, I said that that cannot be. That has to be God to have that type of consistency, man. Um, but tell us a little bit about your um, that angle with this whole morning, morning, morning motivation. Mark says, "What is your process?" I, I'm I'm interested in processes. Um, what is your process in finding that type of material to inspire people? Um, are Are you just looking at a Bible app, or how is that coming to you? Um. Oh, it's like um, I I'm, I pray and I'm always asking God, what do the people need? Mm -hmm. uh, because I can, I mean I can put out something, you know, just any day, any time. I'm like, today, what do they need to hear? Yeah. And um, sometimes it's striking conversation, mm -hmm. uh, maybe just a thought, a TV show, or I do my morning motivation. I do my uh, morning devotions on the Bible app, and it might be uh, something pertaining to that, and I see a scripture and it just sticks out. Mm -hmm. Or if I'm studying for a sermon or a sermon I've already done, I'm like, you know what? I don't think enough people heard that. Let's yeah. let's give it to you know the, the, the morning the morning motivations to hear what last night's sermon was about or something like that. But it's just um uh, just what I, it's just what I hear in my spirit that stands out the most. And mm -hmm. sometimes you know I might do a few at a time and kind of just save them mm -hmm. uh, for the time to be or just it's just a pretty much like I'm just sitting thinking like. God, what do the people need this one? Like, what is going to help somebody this one they get up and they're having a hard time and they press play? What's going to help make them move or, you know, do something different today that'll help change their life? Right. So so you brought up something. And, and like I mentioned before, your consistency 
even now is something that I admire because we, we see people start things, uh, you know, and, and I want to encourage those brothers and those sisters to keep going. Even if I know for myself, even if, if I miss a week, then sometimes you can get down on yourself and say, you know what? Or if you miss two weeks, then you feel like throwing in a towel altogether. Your, your consistency is, is something that I admire. How, how do you stay consistent? Not just consistent, but how do you stay, how do you stay consistent? And how do you stay consistently good at, at, what, at what you're doing? <laughs> well, I think I need to work on my consistency. <laughs> but most definitely keeping people around you, they can check you. Yeah. Uh, and remind you when you're falling out. Like sometimes I feel like people aren't listening or mm-hmm. people aren't paying attention. It was funny that my wife's grandmother uh, called, me, called, called her one day. She said, I haven't seen a morning motivation in a while. Mm-hmm. A, a motivation, I said, Grandma, <laughs> like, you know, and she was like, I'll be looking forward to them. Yeah. And, and we can get, and I'll say this to encouraging the people who are doing things, is stop looking at the numbers. Yeah. Stop looking at how many likes yeah. and how many shares because everybody isn't going to, and it's not that, and sometimes it's shade and sometimes it's not. Yeah. And I would probably say that it's more than likely 99% of those are not people being shady. Yeah. People have different, everybody has different reasons for being on social media. Everybody isn't a visible person on social media. They just have a page to keep up with the latest news, mm-hmm. the latest gossip, and what's in, and some of the good stuff. And so it's just, you know, keeping people around that can check you. Yeah. Because my pastors can call and say, um, sir, you're not on your stuff. Like, what's going on? And yeah. they're not, just not, not, not like that about what I do for the church. They're about that with my personal ministry. They're about pushing us, you know. Mm-hmm. It's, um, and so it's having people that are around that can, that can check you, you know. My wife would tell me, hey, you kind of slipping. People need to see you. People need to hear that. Yeah. Um, and it's just being able to have people around that can remind you of your destiny, remind you of your purpose, remind you of the reason why you started in the beginning. It's just uh, having people around who can call and say, hey, we missing the videos, we missing the chats, we missing, you know, we, we need to see, so we need to hear, we need to hear from you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's just not getting caught up in the numbers um, and just knowing that there is a group of people that you've been called to, whether that group is small or yeah. big, those people that's been called to your ministry need to hear your voice. I, I, I wish that we could be more consistent with that amongst each other because I believe that yeah. everybody, everybody knows pretty much what everybody else is doing. I, I know that mm-hmm. you're what you're doing. I wish that we can kind of break that, that, that barrier and start encouraging each other, you know, um, as far as what, what everybody's doing in ministry. Hey, uh, yeah. Mark, you know, what's up with the video? I'm, I'm watching, you know, and, and I'm kind of, if I don't like something, it doesn't mean that I don't like it. It just means that I didn't press the like button. Uh, on the thing. So I don't feel like, like you said, I, I don't believe that the majority is throwing shade. I just believe that people watch and people keep going, you know? See. Uh, I watch a lot of videos that I like and that, that I think are funny, but I don't like them. I just move on to the next um, thing. But but like you said, bro, I, I think that's so important for us to, to encourage each other. Now, I, I want to get into your ministry because I've been watching your sermon clips. I was watching those last night. So, so you, you got some preaching, you brother. <laughs> you, 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 listen, all right, you use a pastor somewhere, man. So, so, so for those inspiring pastors who, who I would kind of like to uh, talk to and, and encourage, man, you, you seem to be further in down the road. You seem to have an awesome pastor, man, an awesome team who gives you opportunities to grow into who to who you're being. That I believe that they've 
um, acknowledged mm -hmm. the call on your life. They've given you that platform to grow, you know, and I'm just sitting back thinking, okay, I have a brother in Tennessee that at some point, you know, I, I know I had Pastor Mark. I'm going to have to get this brother down to Miami at some point and, and have him preach, you know, um, you know, down, down the line. So I, I like that, but tell me, tell me what, how would you encourage this next, um, this next wave of young pastors coming up behind us? What would, what would you tell yourself uh, 10, 10, 15 years ago, if you knew that this was the call on your life, how would you encourage yourself? Oh, I would encourage myself by telling myself that comparison is a killer, silent killer. Yeah. Uh, don't compare yourself. That's one of the mistakes I made in the beginning mm -hmm. was uh, trying to figure out who I was like yeah. and not trying to figure out who I really had been called to be. Yeah. Um, and especially when people yeah, start giving you right there, brother. <laughs> it's, it's Can you say that again, saying, brother? <laughs> you need to focus on who you've been called to be and yeah. not who you're trying to be like or who you or who you like the most. Yeah. Figure out who you've been called to be and not who you're trying to be like. Um, mm. because the comparison kills, you know, and it's great to have mentors, have but it's great to have people who you look up to, mm -hmm. but don't get caught up in their story. Uh don't even get caught up in their delivery style because everybody's different. Yeah. And that's one of the things I faced when I first started because I don't know, I mean, I know church worldwide, it's kind of some of the same, but especially in my area, uh, they love hooping. Mm -hmm. I am not a hooper. You're not? <laughs> no, I'm not a hooper. Okay. I mean, I, I, no, I, I kind of, you know, I get excited in my voice. You got, you got it right there, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, my wife would tell you, my wife's grandma would tell you, my Tavis is not a singer, don't let him sing. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm not. I, I, don't, I don't know my keys. I can't take my key to put me in. Right. And, and, so, <laughs> and so I felt like I felt I, for a while I felt less than. Mm -hmm. uh, because everybody, I was like, no one's going to hear me talk. No one's going to hear me preach because I don't tune up at the end, you know. Yeah. And when I when I grasped the fact that I had been called to be me uniquely, mm -hmm. and that I was just going to be a teacher, a solid preacher like that, that there was nothing wrong with it. Yeah. And I was able to own it. I was good. Yeah. But in the beginning, I struggled because I was like, okay, God, I got to make it like, like this. And then I'm not a big suit wearer. Yeah. You know, and we've, and we've kind of gotten away from that a little bit. Mm -hmm. When I first came to ministry, I grew up in a, I ain't going to call it a domination name, but I, <laughs> was, I come from a strong background where suits and ties. And I was like, you know what? I don't even have that many suits. Yeah. And, you know, I'm young and I ain't got a job. Y'all not going to make me wear yeah. a suit. You know, I, I love T-shirts and chucks, you know. Yeah. And I wear a blazer, but it's like that whole comparison thing. You have to really focus in on who you've been called to be and not compare yourself to everybody. And, and know that you're going to be different. And it everybody may not like you yeah. but you've been again you've been called to a group of people who need to hear your voice who mm -hmm. need to see your unique uniqueness and you need to just walk in there yeah. and and i mean this is what i say just just figure out who you are and who you've been called to be and who you've been called to minister to and focus on that and focus on them people now you know like i said have mentors have people you talk to you know listen to people's sermons but at the end of the day know who god be know and be who god called you to be yeah and, and be and be comfortable with it, you know. Yes, be, be comfortable with the fact that you know what, man, Martavis. You know, Martavis. He he got a style, and I love his style. And, and there's something unique about his style that that I love. There's something unique about Ricks. And I mean, we could all love each other, but we we are in a society now where it is even it's it's rough because we see everything, you know. Right. Um, so you you can see what 
some of the 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 people who have more followers and you can look at a post that they make and you see that they got 300 likes and say dang only only 20 people like my post or you know I, i'll say this and then then i'll move on but the lord can give you something or you, or you think that you got a good quote or or, or a good saying and you yes, post it <laughs> on facebook <laughs> or instagram and one person like that thing and you know you you and I think that most of us are, you know, if, if we're to be honest, most of us do become guilty of looking to see how many people like the last thing that I posted, you know? So I had to, yeah. I had to cut off the notifications on mine because I, at one point I became obsessed with how many people liked it. You know, I, I spend this time making this video. I spend this time making this morning motivation. I'm consistent and the numbers aren't adding up, but you know, so so yeah so comparison it kills and i think it's killing our society um very slowly but we we as pastors we as ministers man i, I believe that we need to do a better job of supporting each other man i think it would make a world of difference man um let's get into this i, I want to close with this and i and i do ask everyone this what what are your aspirations so are your aspirations to 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 be in youth ministry, do you see yourself as a full-time youth pastor, or do you have aspirations to be a senior pastor one day? I'll say that I know I've been called <laughs> to be a senior pastor. Mm -hmm. I'm in no rush. Uh, I actually, my wife and I resigned at the end of last year as the youth pastors. Okay. Um, the grace was lifting, and I don't believe in operating outside of grace because grace makes it possible. It doesn't make it easy; it makes it possible, and. I don't ever want to be outside of God's will um, and outside the grace place because then people's feelings get hurt. You know, everybody start, you know, things start to get tough. So we stepped away, um, really not knowing what was going to happen mm -hmm. um, as far as our pastoral uh, part. But we, um, God opened up some stuff and gave our pastors, uh, expanded the vision a little more. Um, and the, the thought of e-pastors, especially with the pandemic, came mm -hmm. up. You know, let's launch an e-campus, and who would be the greatest people to lead that? I, I mean, the entire staff agreed. I was like, wait a minute, like, hold yeah. up. But the entire staff agreed. It was like, the Williamses are the perfect people mm -hmm. to take the e-campus. Yeah. Um, and so we have Destiny Church everywhere, mm -hmm. um, and we are the e-pastors. We're the leaders of that, and we're just, um, it's new to the church. It's new to us. Um, so we're taking it one day at a time, and we know that at some point, someday, we will become senior leaders, but we are in no rush. Yeah. Because, um, I mean, I just don't see the point of rushing, yeah. <laughs> you know, rushing God, letting God do his thing. And so that's where, that's where we are. We do. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome, man. Um, give me, are you nervous about those responsibilities? Because I saw, I saw the promotion. I said, wow. I said, that's, that's what's up. And I was, I was very proud, but it, I'm not going to say it's scary, but this pandemic, it, it surely has shifted the church in a way where e-pastors are, are needed. You know, um, yeah. I, I believe that every church probably needs a, a church everywhere. You know, I thought about mm -hmm. this, that on Sunday mornings, it's, it's no longer just your normal con congregation listening to you. Now I can poke into everybody's church. Yep. In, in the span of five minutes, I, and I'd be in Tennessee one minute, and I'd be <laughs> in California the next, and you know, oh, okay, that's what they church is like, man. So, right. Are, are you nervous about it? Are there any, um, you know, hesitations behind it, or? How, how um, yeah, I mean, it's always hesitation, especially when it's something brand new. Yeah. Um, there are there are many people I can call and say, hey, 
how was it like to be Eva? So the funny thing is, is that our uh, my brother-in-law mm -hmm. uh, is in Memphis, Tennessee, and it's hilarious that at one point we were all in youth ministry, mm -hmm. and now we are all E-passes. <laughs> it's, 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 it's so crazy how this thing works. Yeah. It, it wasn't intentional. It wasn't anything intentional. It just happened that way. Yeah. Um, and so I, there, I, I mean, I can call and get advice. We can, we can kind of bounce ideas off each other. But even with that, the whole demographics is different of our churches. You know, the cities are different. They're in a more larger area than we are. So it's just, it's different. So it's just because it's so new. Mm -hmm. um, and I will say that when my pastor sent me the first list of names, I was kind of intimidated by some of the places yeah. that people had joined from. I was like, wow. Like, yeah. we talk about global ministry, but then when you see global places, on, oh, oh yeah. okay, okay. So it's like, you know, uh, I'm excited, but it's like, you know, God, just give us what to do, mm -hmm. how to do it. And because our church is really hands-on place, we don't want to just be a video we want to even even though it's through video even though it's you know through you know the the internet we want to still be able to do as much as we can to love on the people to care for the people right. and the whole thing of our church is to help you discover your destiny and purpose mm -hmm. so however we can do that for you we want to make sure that we get you to your destiny and purpose you might not ever get in the pool pit but we all have a mountain of influence and yeah. we want you to discover that and we want you to pursue and go in that thing and you know and know that god is with you and that you have a church one that's going to bag you up no matter what you do that's in god yeah amen Oh, I'm with you, brother. You got me. I'm joining. I'm joining. I'm joining the church right now, brother. You my pastor. Y'all, y'all my pastor right now. Man. Man, okay, bro. So, so let's um, let's wrap it up really quickly, bro. Tell tell the people how they can find you, man. Um, how they can connect with you on social media, whether it be Facebook, whether it be Instagram, man. And give us your handles, bro. All right. Uh, Facebook is Mark Says, capital M, capital S, all one word. Um, I, I'm, I'm horrible at this, uh, but I think my Instagram is Marseilles without anything. Okay. Uh, so it's Marseilles all together. Then my Twitter is Marseilles underscore, I believe. Okay. <laughs> I did it, but you'll find me Martavis Williams on Facebook. Um, yeah, my life page is Marseilles. Um, that's where you can find me. I'm working on web, getting websites and stuff done, things like that done, but that, that'll be coming later. But those are the places you can find me up on. Listen, that's our time. I appreciate our guest for today, Pastor Mark out of Tennessee. He is truly a man of destiny. This is Transform the Game Podcast. I'm your host, Richard Hempoo Jr. That's the buzzer. See you next Wednesday.